Today's message is actually called, it's part two of a series called Essential. Because, you know, we've gone through this whole thing about what is essential, what is non-essential, an essential job, a non-essential thing and all that. We wanted to declare some things in this house that we believe are essential. One of these things that we believe that is essential today is part two. It's called family. Everybody say family. We believe that family is essential. Now, now let me just step back and say we know it is essential to God. Because God is the one that created family. He created family in the Garden of Eden. He created family by the fact that, by the very fact of having a family, to reproduce in a family, you've got to have more than one. Now, I'm not going to break it down here in an anatomy lesson, but I think we all understand how you've got to be a little bit close. You can't social distance if you want to produce, praise God, okay, in, the, in that world, okay. So, so it was God's design for people to come together to produce a family. Family is essential. Now, this is the running joke here on Mother's Day. Every year on Mother's Day, all pastors do it, and it's, you know, it's like a really bad dad joke, but, but, it, but we all say it. We always look at our mother and say, Mom, I want you to know I appreciate you because truly, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. I mean, that, okay, so we understand that. But the reality is this. You would not be here without family. Whether it is good or a bad experience with family. In fact, you may not even know your father. You may not know even your mother. But they do exist. They existed at one time. Because we understand that if you are a human being, you were produced from a mother and a father. As a believer, we have found how important family is, but more than anything, we have found how important church family is. Can I get somebody to say amen? Church family is important. It's essential to us. Let me tell you something about church family. In our family that we call the church, and, and people that's never been raised in church, they don't understand this. They, they, until they've been exposed to this and been a part of a church, they don't understand this. We call each other brothers and sisters. In fact, when I was raised in church, every man in the church, you couldn't call their name. You had to call them brother, then their name. You couldn't call any woman by their name. You had to call them sister by their name. But why? Why do we call ourselves Brother Larry, Sister Sandy? It's because we believe that we are a family. Can I get an amen? Well, if we got brothers and sisters, then we should have a father and a mother. And let me just tell you, for a lot of people, it's easy for them to think of the people they go to church with as their brothers and sisters but not so easy for many people, who, especially people who have not been raised in an environment that teaches this, to think and to receive their pastor and the first lady as their spiritual father and mother. They don't know how to process that. Because with that comes authority. With that comes wisdom. With that comes advice. With that comes things that come down from the father, your mama, your daddy. You know when you were a kid, they told you that certain things were going to be certain ways and you didn't understand them or you didn't agree with them. But the bottom line is they were the father of that house. So in most occasions, as long as mama was okay with it, it got done. <laughs> Praise God, you'll get that joke later. But... Let me just tell you a couple of things from your father. I know that I am the spiritual father of this house. I know that my wife is the spiritual mother from this house. And by the way, we honor the first lady as mother of this house on Mother's Day. Come on, show her some love online. Praise God. We appreciate that. But just like you care for the safety of your children, I care about your safety as well like my own actual family. In fact, the truth be known, not just for me, but probably for you too, 
that we're probably a lot closer to people in our church family than we are to most people in our actual family. And and whether it's right or wrong, it's fact, we probably spend more time with our church family than we even spend with people in our actual family. Amen? You know it's true. So first off, let me say a couple of things as your spiritual father. Because I want to settle your heart on a couple of things. If you are watching this live or on replay, and you are 65 years or older, and you are concerned for your health in COVID-19, that you may contract it from others that may seem like they have no symptoms because they're not of the age that you're at, but you're concerned about it. Can I release you and help you as your spiritual father? It is absolutely okay. It is absolutely not a fear thing or a non-faith thing for you to remain at home for a little while longer until you feel comfortable, and that's why we're so thankful for this technology. If you're able to watch it now, you can watch it next Sunday. You do not have to be here. So I don't want to put the pressure on you that if you're 65 or older, that I'm expecting you to be here, and if you're not here, I'm going to be so disappointed in you. No, I want you to make a decision for yourself, and I want you to know that I already know you're a man or a woman of God. You're, you're a veteran. You, you, are, you are a general in the faith. You've gone before us, and we appreciate that. So let me just ease your mind. It's okay. If you're watching this and you have pre-existing conditions that make you a high risk for serious effects of this virus, please, I'm asking you, make your decision. You absolutely watch us online until you feel comfortable to attend. We don't want to put any added pressure on your life that you're already under. If you have shown any signs of COVID-19, have a high fever, which would be a consistent cough, shortness of breath, fever in the last three days. If you have been, anyone in your home has tested positive for COVID-19 in the last two weeks, we're encouraging you to stay home and watch the live stream. It's okay. We know you'll be back. So I needed you to, to hear your spiritual father say that. It's okay. It's okay. That's totally up to you. All of what I just said and all about what I'm about to say next is rooted in one reason, because Solid Rock Church cares for people. Can I get somebody to say amen? We don't just preach to people, thank you. We care about people. So let me just sort of break it down a little bit of what it's going to look like when you come back to Solid Rock Church in the midst of a, of a current pandemic. Can I just tell you that no one, no one in the history of America, certainly uh, in the modern, I should say, in the modern day of church, how we do church now. I'm not talking about when we used to meet in the little country church and it was 10, 15 people and so forth. But now the culture of what church is today, no one has ever had to do this. There is no manual on this. No one is an expert on this. We are all learning as we go. So, please understand again, what I'm about to say is out of concern for you, has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with my level of faith or the faith of this house. Through it all, y'all, in the middle of a pandemic with an empty building, I've still been praying for the sick. I've still been having miracle services. I've still been declaring, and our church has been praying over you. Nothing has changed about me, and nothing has changed about what I feel. Because before I feel anything as your pastor, I am your shepherd. I care about the sheep. See, David would leave the 99 to go get the one. That's what Jesus told us we're supposed to do. He would sit around the campfire, and he would rub salve on those that were sick. So we're going to do what we got to do to make you feel comfortable to come back to the house of God. Because the worst thing, that, the one thing that we don't want to do is to create an environment that makes you feel belittled because maybe you're not as at ease as someone else. Because our main concern is we want you to get back into experiencing corporate worship so you can feel the presence of God with the people of God, with your church family. And we will walk this out. We will walk this out together. So when you pull in, The car parkers 
are not going to scare you because you're used to seeing people in masks, but they'll be wearing a mask. Uh, they will be waving at you. And trust me, I'm, I put this in my notes because I, I wanted to make sure I said this. Trust me, when they're waving at you, you know our car parkers. Even though they have a mask on, they will be waving at you, and underneath that mask, they will be smiling at you. And pretty, hopefully very soon they won't have to wear a mask. And now, technically they don't even really have to wear one because they're going to be so spread out. They're not going to come over to your car. We're simply doing that for those that might come in from the very – let, let me just step out and say this too. And I probably shouldn't say this online. I probably shouldn't because I – can I, can I be real with y'all tonight, can, today? Can I just sh shoot straight with you? This morning, uh, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me this. There are going to be key influential people watching this broadcast today. People in government and people in other, they're going to watch what we're saying. Uh, so if you're watching, I want you to stay for the whole thing, okay? Don't just stay for this part. Stay for the whole message. But, but I, I'm telling you, there's going to be people that's going to be driving up down Highway 79 and they've seen this parking lot empty other than just a handful of cars that make this broadcast possible. But it's going to look different, a lot different next Sunday. And they're looking for something to post online, to turn into the news media, to try to make Solid Rock Church look like we don't care about our community. Well, they're not going to get that from us. Are you hearing me? They're not going to get that from us. So that's why, that's why our car park is going to be in mass for several reasons, uh, for the safety of our people, but also to set at ease people when they pull in this park. Because I got a feeling we're going to have a lot of first-time visitors. I got a feeling there's going to be some people that's been waiting, been watching us online and ain't never been here before, and they're going to say, I got to go check that church out in person. Well, come on. You're welcome. When you get to the front door, you'll not be asked to open the door. Our people will open the doors for you. You won't have to do that. Our all door greeters, anybody that's going to interact with you when you come in, they'll also be wearing masks. They'll be waving at you and welcoming you back to the house of God. All greeters in the sanctuary will also be wearing masks. Masks are not mandatory where we're at in, in this part of Jefferson County, so you don't have to wear a mask if you don't want to, but you're absolutely welcome to wear one during the entire service if you'd like to. That's totally up to you. Uh we, the question has been asked, are we going to have children's ministry? The answer to you is yes, we are. There's no restrictions on children's ministry, but we take the safety of our children at the highest uh, of, our, of our priorities. So all of our children's check-in desks will not only be wearing masks, they'll also be wearing gloves. Um, we, in the children's class, they will be practicing social distancing in the classrooms to the best that we can with kids, <laughs> if you can understand that. Uh, teachers, when they are uh, close to the children, and not standing at a safe distance teaching the children, they will be wearing a mask when they teach. Of course, they can pull that mask down as long as they're a distance away from the kids. Um, just like our praise team, our praise team, when they come off the stage, you know, they'll be encouraged to have one with them. When they're on the stage, we'll be so social distance apart. We won't need to have one up here, uh, but we will have one with us. Um, so I also want you to know that we completely understand if you are not comfortable having your child go to a class, they are certainly welcome to sit with you during service. Nursery is the same thing. The nursery will be open to anyone who'd like to use it. You can certainly have your baby in here if you'd like to have your baby. But no nursery worker will be permitted to be in the room or touch any child without mask or gloves. We'll practice social distancing. All families who live together, what does that mean? All families who live together in the same house can sit together with no separation. So in other words, you want to sit with your kids, you can sit right next to your kids like you're sitting in your living room. Um, but we will make sure that between households, there's at least six feet. Um, and then we'll probably use every other pew as, as well. We're going to work on that this week. Here's the big one, y'all, That uh, and I'm almost through and then I'm going to preach. That's hard for me. It's as hard for me as it is for anybody else, and that is this. Just for a short time being, until we feel um, like we're comfortable with this, um, we're going to ask you to worship where you're at. We're not going to come down here and fill this uh, altar area worshiping like we normally do, which is going to be very difficult because I feed off of that and we feed off of that. So work with us. Be patient. Trust your pastor. I've prayed about all of this before I put this down. I'm needing you to trust your pastor and trust the Lord, okay, more than anything. So, so come in, sit where your family is. You can worship right there. Stand up, jump up and down, hoop and holler, do whatever you want to do right there where you're at. Um, and I, I want to put this down here. This too shall end. I'm telling you, it ain't going to be long. We're going to be down here dancing and shouting together again. 
And then the last thing is simply this. Um, when it comes to offering time, the offering buckets will be up here. You will be uh, given the right, if you would like to come down, to walk down at, at the timeline that you want to walk down, drop it in the bucket. We're not going to pass the bucket. We're also, for the time being, not going to have worship guides. We're going to be very, very uh, intentional of maybe putting some notes up on the screen to help you. So be prepared to bring something to take notes on. Um, of course, you can always text to give right there where you're at. Uh, go to Solid Rock. Give right there where you're at in the congregation. So that being said, all of what we're doing this week is out of an abundance of caution, but more than anything, out of an abundance of love. We're doing this so that as many people can experience the gospel and not be nervous and not be hindered because the one thing we don't want you to do is you to feel compelled to come to Solid Rock Church because you've been watching this online and you're like, I want to be a part of that church and then come only to see that we have haphazardly treated this moment and we've not taken it serious and we've not cared about your faith level of where it's at and then you walk out of here offended and hurt and never come back again. That would devastate us. This is the examples that I want to use to you for some of you because I know, I know how this works. Some of you are, are probably second-guessing, why do we have to do all that stuff if we're faith people? Why do we have to do all that stuff? We don't have to do all that stuff. We've chosen to do that stuff. Here's why. Let me ask you a question. If you had a family member who was in ICU, very dangerous situation, and they were either dying or they was in a situation where it was touch and go, and you wanted to go see whether it was your mother, your father, or your baby or your grandbaby, and there was a sign there that said, you cannot come in and see them without a gown or a mask, what would you do? You would probably put a gown and a mask on, and you would go straight in there to see your baby. If you had to, hold, if you had to have a mask on to hold your baby, you would do that. So think of it the same way. If the doctor told you that you had to have a surgery, and the only option that you could have is to have that surgery, more than likely, you may not, you may choose not to, but if you chose to have that, that, that surgery, you'd be very happy the fact that everybody in that room had protected themselves, but they were also protecting you when you were opened up in a vulnerable situation from anything that might be in them. It's the same situation. It doesn't attack your faith, and it doesn't attack who you are and what you believe. It's just simply you thinking of someone else. Because we all, we've all been told that that mask cannot protect you from anything unless you got that one kind of mask that, that you can't get anywhere. These cloth masks that you are seeing people wear, you know, some people are wearing them out just because they think that's protecting them. But the truth is, it's not protecting you. You wear the mask to protect others. So if you sneeze, you breathe, you talk, you spit, anybody knows I spit, praise God. I might need to mark off the first three rows of this of the church so that nobody gets a chance. Because my spit sometimes will travel halfway down the church, praise God. But it's to protect others. Amen. So there it is. Take it for what it is. I'm telling you, this too shall end. We will be back to normal. But I got news for you. When you come in this house Sunday, you're going to hear a Holy Ghost fire, power, Holy Ghost baptized message. I'm going to dance all over the stage. I'm going to preach with fire, just like I've always preached with fire. This has not changed who we are, who I am and what our mandate is for this community. We have been given a place of influence in this community. God has used this church, and people are watching us. And I'm telling you, they're watching us to follow our example. And when it's all said and done, we want to stand before God and we want to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's get into the Word. Praise God. I'm not going to talk about that again. That was I needed to get that out. If anybody wants to know where I stand on it, they can go back and watch the first part of this message. Praise God. Might even cut it out and make it its own video. Because I, I, I got other stuff I need to talk about, praise God. Somebody say, the family that prays together stays together. Say it with me. The family that prays together stays together, praise God. It's still true. It's still true. God loves family. It is essential. If you've never been to Solid Rock Church and you visit us for the first time next Sunday, you're going to feel the love of a family. That's what we are here. I'm telling you, I can't tell you the times that, that I've asked people, why did you choose Solid Rock Church? Why did you hook your wagon up to this vision? 
Well, I'm, I'm, I've been doing this long enough. I don't, have a, I don't have an ego when it comes to this. I ain't looking for them to say, well, I stay because I love your preaching. No, most people, most every person responds to that question because I've never been loved like I've been loved here before. From the parking lot all the way in to the kids' check-in desk to the sanctuary to the ushers to the praise team to everything else, I was loved here, and I chose to make this a church where my family could grow, where my family could be discipled. That's what we are. Somebody say, we are family. Hallelujah. If y'all can find that song at some point, I'd like to have that. We are family. Hey, 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 hey. I got all my sisters with me. We need to play that at some point in this message, praise God. If you can find it, let me know. I don't even know if it would even work with how we're doing this. Putting them all. I'll tell you what, I've been throwing so many fireballs back there, chanting, yelling, and I've handled so much. Y'all don't even know. The fires that they have put out in the last eight weeks, y'all. It's every week. It's something. God designed the family, and he designed the makeup of the family. Is this camera right here working? How cool is this? I'm going I'm to walk around. I'm going to be like Rod Parsley. Give me that camera. Am I on it? This is cool. Did you hear me? My God, I feel like I'm on TBN preaching to the camera come see us now that's awesome that's awesome 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 okay watch this we are going to talk today in the next few weeks on the importance of what is essential to god one of the things that's essential to god is family ephesians chapter 5 verse 22 says this wives you don't like this one. Submit yourself to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be subject or be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing in the water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having a spot or a wrinkle or such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, come on somebody, of his flesh and his bones, and for this reason. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. I love this verse, verse 32. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now, when people preach from that, they love to preach from part of that. They love to say, wives, you better submit yourself. And by the way, let me just clear something up, ladies, help you out. And let me clear something up for all you men out there that, you know, that think that I just said, women, submit yourselves to men. That ain't what it said. It said, wives, submit yourselves to your own husband." Not even somebody else's husband. In other words, my wife submits herself to me. But, brother, let me tell you something. She ain't going to submit herself to you. Well, come on, somebody. Now, she might respect you, but you ain't got no authority in my wife's life. The only, the only man that's got authority in my wife's life is me and the man Christ Jesus, number one. So submit yourself to your own husband. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Husbands, it doesn't say love women. It says love your wife. Huh? You can respect women, and you should, but you better not do things for other women that you would do for your wife. There's a special relationship between a husband and a wife. I'll be so glad when I got somebody in this house to shout amen at me. Praise God. Now watch this. This is what's so powerful. Thank you. They're shouting amen by sign back there. Y'all don't even know what that does for me. Now listen. Listen to this. All of this that he describes about family, he says, listen, don't let this confuse you. 
For all of this is to teach you about a great mystery of Christ and the church. So you, what you got to understand is the family structure itself was not just created so that we would have each other to be with and to feel that companionship and that love and that family. The entirety of what a family is that was created by God was every part of that family, mother, father, husband, wife, child, son, daughter, all brother, sister, all of these titles and all of these roles within the family were put there and created by God to use a natural principle to teach us a spiritual or kingdom principle, to unlock a mystery. In other words, God says, if you don't understand the family that I created and ordained, which if I could be so bold as to say, uh, one man and one woman married in the sight of God, creating children, come on, y'all hearing me, that's the creation of God. If I could be so bold in this day, as crazy it is that that even has to be bold to say, I want to make it very clear and proclaim to you that in the role of the family that God made teaches us how we are to respond to God, to the people in the kingdom that he's put in our lives, that are peers with us, brothers and sisters, who are fathers and mothers, who we've made commitments to. It reveals a mystery concerning Christ and the church. See, if you don't understand families in the natural, the true godly family, you can't understand spiritual family. So it's essential for you to understand how important families are. That's why there's an assault on families. That's why there's an assault on God-ordained marriage. Listen, nowadays people don't even need anybody to officiate a marriage. You can, you, can, you can just top up your own marriage. I don't know if you know this. It's not this way in every state, but it is in many states, and to some extent it's this way in Alabama. You can top up your own little document there or go get a little form, take it to somebody that's, that's got the power of a notary, and a notary can stamp it, sign on there, hand you back the document, and you're married. People don't need to make a commitment anymore. People don't need to say vows anymore. People don't need to say, uh, you know, I'll be with you for richer, for poor, for sickness, and in health till death do us part. They've thrown all that away because people no longer value the commandment of God to be a part of a family. Well, if that's the case, is it any shock that we are a dysfunctional church family and we don't know, understand how to flow in authority in the house because we've been raised our entire life in, in dysfunction to where there's no understanding of what a family looks like? Come on, somebody. Well, see, we all as believers have two families. Now, I'm not talking about some of you are raised in the physical where you have two families because of two families blended being together. And, and some of you, you may have multiple families besides two families. I'm not talking about in the natural. I'm talking about in the spiritual. In the spiritual, as a believer, you have two families. You have a natural family and you have a church family. We are family. See, your family in the natural may be pretty dysfunctional. In fact, let me just say this. If your family doesn't have some kind of dysfunction in it, then I need you to come pray for my family. <laughs> because I'm telling you, I don't know many families that ain't got some kind of dysfunction. Come on, can I, can I get somebody to help me? Now, for the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about both families. Both houses, both families need to be in order. Look at somebody in your house right now and say, you got to love me because I'm family. Huh? You ain't got to like me, but you got to love me because I'm family. Now, I want to show you what, what the Bible talks about family. Here's the good news that the church is like a family. Say that out loud with me. The church is like a family. 
So here's the good news about that. I got good news and bad news. Here's the good news that the church is like a family. 1 Timothy 3.15 says this. I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and around the truth. The word house in the original Greek is the word the Greeks used for family. So the original writer, Paul, writing to Timothy, basically said, I write this so that you would know how to conduct yourself in the family of God. The family of God. Somebody say, the church is like a family. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 says this, Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God having been built at the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, the household of God. Hebrews 2.11 says this, For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Brethren. Of course, that also means sistren. That's an Alabama term. I just made that up. So, now, say it again. The church is like a family. But understand something, and you ain't going to like this because this goes against the culture that we live in today. But I'm a preacher who believes in kingdom supersedes culture. We believe that we got to, in fact, use culture. There's no doubt about it. We understand you can't reach a generation without reaching them at the culture that they're in. But ultimately, the kingdom of God is greater than the culture in which we exist. Can I get somebody to say amen? I'm going to say something bold. You ain't going to like it, but here it goes. Not everyone is a part of God's family. Huh? Oh, you see that on the media. You hear people say that all the time. Well, we're all just the children of the Lord. Nope. No, we're all loved. We're all loved the same. God doesn't love me more than he loves someone who rejects him. But for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, he has given them power to become the sons of God. That's what the book of Romans says. So let me tell you something. If everybody was a child of God and everybody was an heir and a joint heir with Christ, there would be no reason for Jesus to suffer like no human being has ever suffered and to be nailed to a cross completely naked and exposed like no one had ever been done before. And then three days later, he rolled the stone away and came out alive, sent the power of the Holy All the things that he did for us to be able to be, able to be a part of this family would have been stupid for him to do all that if ever Everybody was covered to begin with. Next week, I'd have had a lot of people shout. I'm just kidding. I appreciate the ones I got in here. God loves everyone, but everyone is not a child of God. Oh, come on, somebody. See, if you are a part of God's family, it is not because of a denomination. It is not because of who your daddy was. It is not because you're a part of a particular race. It's not because you are rich or poor. It is because you have asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and save you. Come on, I know people don't like to hear this. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. We're not going to back up from that, y'all. We need to tell the world that it's not enough just to believe in a concept of God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father except by me. That's what he said, not me. Woo. It's not The family of God is not defined by your race, by your financial status. The family of God is not defined by by where you were born, who you were born to, the rituals you observe, or the place you go on Sunday morning. That is not what defines the family of God. A person becomes a part of God's family simply by believing and obeying the gospel of Christ. 
And I want you to know right now, wherever you're at, wherever you're watching, how awesome is this? You don't have to earn one thing to come into this family. You don't have to knock on a thousand doors and hand out a thousand pamphlets. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm going to tell you, that's religion. Religion is taking something simple and making it difficult. I'm telling you what, you need to quit trying to jump through hoops and jump through rituals right now. Don't even wait to the end of my message. If you're ready to become a part of the family of God, just simply say this with me. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins because I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Forgive me, Jesus, of every sin I've ever committed. Come into my heart and save me in Jesus' name. And I'm going to tell you right now, the rest of my message, you, you, if you just prayed that prayer, the first part of my message, you were lost and dying and going to hell. The rest of this message, you can shout and rejoice and dance all over your house because now your name's been written in the Lamb's Book of Life and the, everything you hear from this point forward, you can hear it through different ears. You're going to see it through different eyes. You're going to feel it through your spirit, man, because you now are a child of God. Well, that's too simple. That's why it says it confounds the wise. Because it seems too simple. Because it is in our nature to think that if, we, if we're going to do so, if we're going to be a part of something as amazing as the family of God, we're going to have to do something to earn it. Thank God we didn't have to do it. He did it for us. Come on. Solid Rock Church is a refuge. It's a refuge. It's a family. It's a refuge to anyone, no matter who you are or what you've done. I've said it all the way back. I don't know, probably 20 plus years I've said, I don't care what you smoked up, drank up, shot up. I don't care who you laid down with last night, who you woke up with this morning. Get in your car and come on down. You'll be welcome. Praise God. We're not condoning those actions, but won't you know this? We're not encouraging to go back and get into that world. I'm just trying to tell you that nothing that you have done disqualifies you from coming to the grace of God. The grace is bigger than anything you've done. You need to get it. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 puts it this way. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Hey, come on. I'm telling you, that's a word from the Lord for somebody. That is good news. Somebody say good news. The church is a family. All believers have the same father. If you don't even know your father, if you had a dysfunctional situation with your father like I did, um, I want you to know the Bible says he'll be a father to the fatherless. And you know what? Here, let me tell you something. When you become a part of this family, you, 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 you may change the way you dress, but it ain't really necessarily about that. It ain't necessarily about your hairstyle and what kind of clothes you're wearing. Although if you're walking around naked, you probably need to put some clothes on. That's just saying. But, um, but I'll tell you this. Most kids resemble their parents in some way. I'm telling you, I believe when you become a child of God into this family, when you come into this family, before you came into this family, you resembled the, your lifestyle that you were living before. I believe people would begin to notice a physical change and certainly a countenance change in you because your life has been changed. You, you are not the same person. You, you are born again. So therefore, your spiritual DNA, your spiritual makeup has changed. So now you're going to act different. You're going to talk different, you're going to walk different as a child of God. I'm so proud to say this about our church because many of you are watching this and wondering this because you've never been to our church. I'm so proud to say that our church has people from all walks of life. We have people who are business owners. We have people who are, are, are work all different types of jobs. We have people who are stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home parents. We have people of all races that come here evenly distributed across our congregation. We have people from all races serving in this house, all financial statuses. No one is big and little in this house. No one asks, you know, how big is your house? How big, how nice is your car? Nothing like that. You are loved and you are welcome. Why? Because we are, we are family. Our personalities differ. Some are outgoing in our church. Some are introverted. Different people from different personalities, but we all worship God. One of the greatest things that I can't wait to see that I have missed so much 
is when the praise team is praising, and I go over there and I get my little cubby hole up on the stage up there, and I'm praising God, and I'm looking back over the congregation, and I see all four sections, all different ages, all different races, all different whatever, fill in the blank, got their hands raised, and they're waving their hands before the Lord. Some of them are weeping and crying. Some of them are on their knees broken before a loving God. I'm telling you, there's nothing like corporate worship. There's nothing like morally, spiritually, and even our behavior and reactions to things around us begin to resemble our Father when we change, when we change families. See, that's what the Bible is driving at when it says God's plan is that we, in Romans eight twenty nine, be conformed to the likeness of His Son. Your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus, Philippians 2, 5. See, we resemble one another because the same Spirit is trying to produce the same inner qualities in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians chapter 5. The fruits of the Spirit. We are family. That's good news. But we are not all alike. Our spiritual family resembles our, our spiritual family, I should say, resemblance overshadows our differences. We, you can be in the same room with someone who's completely different. Watch this. Politically, on different sides of the aisle. But when you're in the family of God and you've got the right heart, you worship in God and you would never know it. Are you hearing me? Democrats, Republicans, independents, people that are engaged in politics, people that could care less about politics. When, you, when Jesus Christ is your Savior, you worship God, and there is no separation of races. There is no separation of political affiliation. I got a news for you. If your pastor is trying to divide you politically, and he's preaching messages that are creating hate towards someone else, whether it be this side or that side, I could care less what side it is, you might need to find a new pastor. I'm not going to waste my precious time that God has given me to preach the gospel to you to try to create discord and to try to create animosity towards someone else. I'm pushing you to Jesus, baby. Woo! Come on, somebody. Now more than ever, we must be there for each other. If there's ever been a time we need church family, it's now. Somebody say this with me. I am not alone. I have a church family that loves me and cares for me. See, our brothers and sisters are there to support us and encourage us. The church family takes care of those that are in need. Do you understand that every major hospital in America and every major university that was established at the foundation of this country in the late 1700s and early 1800s, every hospital and every university was, was uh, established and created by the local church. We have education because of the local church. We have hospitals, doctors, and nurses because of the local church. People don't remember that part of our history. You need to go back and study it. And one day, we're family, and we're all going to be going to a family reunion. Huh? I can't wait for us all to be able to worship together in heaven with those that have gone on before us. But while we're here, we need to work and serve God while it's day for the night's coming when no man can work. I'm almost through. The church is like a family. That's good news. But I told you I had good news and bad news. The bad news is the church is like a family. <laughs> What? Wait, 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 did you misspoke? Did you misspeak there? Uh, no. The good news is the church is like a family. The bad news is the church is like a family. Huh? I love this. Somebody said this. Families are like fudge. Mostly sweet with a few nuts. The comedian George Burns says this. Happiness is having a large, loving, caring, close-knit family that lives in another city. <laughs> All families have their moments, even preachers' families. I'm telling you right now, especially preachers' families. That's why they always try to talk about preachers' kids, PKs. But I'll tell you this. 
we went through some stuff as a family. My sweet little baby, Rachel, used to beat the stew out of my oldest daughter, Lizzie. And Lizzie'd come in there and she'd say, Daddy, Daddy, Rachel just beat me up. Rachel's the younger sister. And I know you probably don't agree with this, and I'm going to get all kinds of messages saying I'm a horrible parent. But at one point I had enough. I said, won't you just go back in there and hit her back? Teach her a lesson. And sweet Lizzie, if y'all know sweet Lizzie, she's probably watching right now, and she can't stand it when I tell this story. But sweet Lizzie says, I don't want to hit her. She's my sister. I love her. That's the difference of personalities. If I was to ask Rachel, do you love your sister Lizzie? I love her. Why would you hit her? Because she made me mad, and I hit her again. But they still loved each other. Families don't always get along. Can I get an amen? Brothers and sisters fight. And here's the real shocker. Church family members don't always get along either. Can you believe that? I, I, I'm shocked. Wait a minute. I'm going to say something that, that, that I'm sure this is going to go viral. You ready? I mean, I'm, this, this may be my moment right here. People's going to quote me on this, and, and, I'm, and the whole world's going to know about this message. Here it is. It's deep. There is no perfect church. It doesn't exist. In fact, if you're looking for a perfect church and you think you found it, please do not go. Because the moment you attend, you're going to ruin it for everybody else. Because you ain't perfect. Which, by the way, if you think you found a perfect church, you don't know that church yet. Because why? A, a church is being led by imperfect people, humans that make mistakes. People are going to hurt you, but you're going to have to get over it because it's family. In the Bible, Peter and Paul, two of the most famous apostles, had major disagreements. So much so that they had to have a mediator come between them and settle the dispute. But you know what? They agreed to disagree on some things, and they went on and preached Jesus and changed the world. They just had different interpretations on a particular type of doctrine. You're not going to always agree with everything your pastor says. But if he's your pastor, you don't up and leave just because he says or does something that doesn't set right with you at the moment. My mama said a lot of stuff I didn't agree with, but she's still my mama. Now, the next few weeks and months are going to be interesting, to say the least. But we are a family. Say this with me out loud. No matter what it looks like, no matter what I feel in my heart, I know one thing. God has got me and my church family has got me. It's going to be okay. God's got big plans for the house of God. If we respond correctly, compassionately with love and with power and of anointing, this could be the greatest revival we've ever seen. I believe through what has happened, through this media form that I'm preaching to you right now over the last eight weeks, has has reached more people than we've ever reached. It has caused our people in this church to appreciate what we have here more than anything could have ever done. I'm telling you right now, it has for me. It has reiterated to me over and over again how much I need to be with you. Are you hearing me? I'm telling you, I'm seeing people communicate, catching up with people, texting people, checking up on people, praying for people more than I ever have. I think the church family is willing to swallow pride and do a few things for the house of God so that we can see what God wants us to do in this house be done. Can I get an amen? So, the last thing I want to say is this. Guard your heart. Guard your heart, family. Whether it's Solid Rock Church is your family or another church that you're going to go to, you just happen to be watching us, being blessed by the broadcast, but you have your own pastor, you have your own church. Every church is going to be different. 
Every church is going to handle it the way God's telling them to handle it. I'm a pastor to pastors. They call me bishop, but I could care less about that. That's just a title meaning overseer, meaning that I oversee other pastors and other ministries. I've been able to pour into their lives through this time. And I can tell you this, on Zoom meetings and conference calls and group texts, people that I respect, people of my peers that are also pastors to pastors, people that are church planners, people that have been pastoring for 20, 30, and 40 years, I'm telling you, not one is doing it exactly the same. Why? Because I'm not the spiritual father of their house. They are. So I have to pray about as the spiritual father how God wants me to handle this house. So all decisions that are going to be made by leadership may not sit well with everyone. Probably won't. We'll usually have a couple of different uh, mindsets that are going to come, and they're very welcome, and I'm understanding both of them. One is gung-ho, we don't need that, we don't need this, why are we doing that, why are we doing that, makes us look bad, makes us look like we don't have faith. Then the other one, the other side of that is going to be the cautious and the worried people. I don't want to go to a church that doesn't care enough to, to protect me to do this and do this. I thought they loved the community. I, I heard they don't do this, they don't do that. So because of that, I can't go to that church because they don't love me and my family. We're going to try to find a balance the best we can. We're going to do the best we can, okay? We're going to make mistakes because we're human. We're going to try some things. If they don't work, we'll try something else. But ultimately, our goal is to come together as the body of Christ starting next Sunday and worship and help people walk through this. Because understand this, just because we've been uh, uh, given a pr approval on a much different scale than what we're used to, to just come together doesn't mean that this is over. People are still suffering. People are still dying. People in our area are suffering and dying. We need to be faithful to remember that. But I, as the spiritual father of this house, I will tell you this. I will do whatever I can do to protect the people of God, my family. We will get through this together. We will not compromise our faith. We will not stop believing in miracles. But if we need to take medicine, we'll still take it. And you know you do. Everyone is not as strong as everyone. Everyone is not as weak as everyone. Everyone is who they are, where they're at. They can never be who they are not. For the last eight weeks, we've done everything we could do to keep our family together. I'm telling you what, I'm proud. I'm proud of this church. I'm proud of the faithfulness that people made sure every Sunday morning they were gathered together. I'm proud. It has been amazing to see the people of God make a point to have their family to be together to watch this. TVs, phones, tablets, whatever they had to do, the giving. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this to you, Solid Rock Church. I'm so proud of you because I want you to know in eight weeks, your giving has stayed as consistent as if you were in this building. That's the testimony. Nobody was tracking you. Nobody was making you. You still gave to missions. You're still giving to missions. Oh, by the way, if God has put it on your heart to give towards the Peru trip, they're still going. It's been moved to July, but the deadline for the shoes is June 1st now. But here's the reality. We're only halfway there on our money. We've got to have $5,000 to get those shoes to those kids. We're only halfway there. So that means some of you, God is putting on your heart right now to give towards missions. In the midst of a pandemic, needs are still there. In the midst of a pandemic, children on the, on the mountains of Cusco are still dying because of cold. We are not going to slow down what God has called us to do. But I want you to know I'm proud of you. I'm proud of your faithfulness. I'm proud of how you've been sharing this, inviting people, connecting people. people you've been inviting people to church every week. It's awesome. So now as we move into the next phase, we have to think about our families. We have to think about our personal family, and we think about our church family. But just like this pandemic will pass, it will pass. Wearing masks in the church will pass. I want to say something, and this may cause some people not to ever come to our church, but you need to hear this. Handshakes and hugs will return. Come on, are you hearing me? I, I'm, I refuse to accept a new normal that for the rest of my life I can't shake somebody's hand or hug them. Okay? Now, I'm going to do what i got to do in this season. I'll elbow you, I'll foot to foot, fist bump you, do a Holy Ghost wave at you and something, whatever makes you feel comfortable. But I'm telling you right now, there's going to come a day that we're going to get the green light. 
And if you don't want to be hugged, you better not be anywhere around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll do it appropriately. I'll side hug you. But I'm telling you right now, we are a generation that was, we are a people that was created for touch. And it's coming back sooner than you think. So I needed to let y'all know that. So if you, if you think about visiting our church, you're welcome here. But if you think, well, I'm going to visit that church because I like what he's got to say. And, and, and they, they ain't no hugging church. And they ain't never going to hug and shake. Now, you won't get a hug or a shake of a hand this Sunday. But there will be a Sunday sooner rather than later that you will. Are y'all hearing me? Huh? And finally, my last statement is this. Wearing masks will pass. Handshakes will return. Hugs will return one day. Sooner rather than later. But for the sake of our family, and for the sake of the influence that God has given us in this season, I'm asking you to do this. I'm asking you, church family, be a good brother. Be a good sister. Are you hearing me? Be a good brother. Be a good sister. I'll do the best I can do to be a good brother, but I'm going to do the best I can do to you, Solid Rock, to be a good father. Amen. All over the online campus, the Holy Spirit's been dealing with you right now. I want to ask you, just bow your head. I want to pray for you because what am I talking about? I'm talking about the family of God. There's no greater thing that could happen in this message in preparation the last Sunday before we get to gather again together than to know that right here in our online campus, you made a decision to join our family the family of God, not the solid rock family, because this doesn't get you to heaven. This is just where we gather to worship and encourage each other and be equipped for the ministry that God has given us. I'm talking about the family of God, and that comes to this prayer. So if that's you, let me show you how powerful the grace of God is. And it's not easy in the sense because you're surrendering your life. You're going to be attacked by the devil. But the way you get there is incredible. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to give in an offering. You don't have to go perform a good deed. You don't have to go back and fix all the bad things you did. This is all you have to do is pray. Mean it in your heart. So while your head is bowed, just say these words after me. All my Solid Rock folks in here, help me. Jesus, today I admit I am a sinner and I need a Savior. So, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. So I'm asking you to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save me today. I confess you and you alone as my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, I will rejoice. I will walk in joy because I know I am a part of the family of God. Come on, give him praise right now. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, one of the greatest things you could do it's just to be an encouragement to me as a pastor and to the family of God. Let us know that you just joined the body of Christ. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, just comment, I just joined the family of God, or I just prayed that prayer, or I'm born again now, Pastor, or thank you for leading. I'm coming home. I'm coming back to the family. Let us know. We're going to take a couple of minutes. As I remind you of a few things, we're going to give you that moment to let us know. Because it's so powerful when you make a public confession of that faith. If you're, if you're watching on Facebook, I'll remind you again, make sure you like this comment, love this comment, share this comment. Later today, this evening especially, when you got a little bit of time, start a watch party, a replay of this, of this video. Tag some people that you think might need to hear this message that might be thinking about visiting our church. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, if you haven't already done it, make sure you subscribe to our channel. Click that notification bell icon because that way the moment we go live, whether it's on Sunday or Wednesday or any other time that we go live as a church, you'll be notified and you'll never miss a service. 
Uh, if you'd like to give, it's very easy. SolidRockGive.com. SolidRockGive.com. Or you can text any amount to 84321. Praise God. I want to say one more time to all the mothers, happy Mother's Day. If you have your mother still with you, make sure you, if you can, go see them. If you can't, call them. Um, if you've got a cool, hip, and relevant mother, you might be able to text them. <laughs> I was never able to text my mother. It was a phone call or a visit because she ain't got a clue how to text. But thank God if they're still with you. If they're not with you, as we read earlier, we're praying for you because I know it's a difficult time. Uh, but enjoy the day. And with family, we love you. We appreciate you. So next Sunday at 10 a.m., we'll be right back here on our online campus, just like we are today, taking it to another level, reaching people all over the world. But the difference will be is there'll be some people in the house. So if you've been thinking about in, in visiting us and inviting a, a, your friends or whatever, invite them. Go back and watch the first part of this video if you need to show them what we're going to be doing in preparation for them. We're not going to be perfect at it, y'all. That's just reality. But we're going to do the best we can. We love you. We thank you for being with us today. Have a blessed day. Share this. God bless you. See you next Sunday morning.